Boom, baby! What is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Dummies of Wrestling. I'm your host, Hollywood, Tim Davis, coming back to the seat of all podcasts to talk about everything AEW and Dummies of Wrestling and the Dummies of Wrestling World Championship held by Scott Crawford and the Bullet Club Old. That's right. We have everything here. My thoughts on full gear. My, um, the prediction results that we'll get to. It has been a while since I've graced your ear holes with my voice. Much, uh, many, many apologies to you all for skipping the last pay-per-view. I can't even remember what it was. WWE, Saudi Arabia, something. I, I can't remember. Where LA Knight lost. Um, yeah, I was on holidays. I am still currently on vacation, but I'm home on vacation. So I'm able to do this podcast and I'm not going to skip two pay per views, um, especially leading up to our biggest event, WWE Survivor Series, which is this weekend coming. And um, if you don't know, then maybe you should know. So listen up, folks. If you are involved in the storyline of the NWO versus the Bullet Club Old, if you have no idea what that is, basically, it's our little production that we've got going on. Our prediction where my group, the NWO, versus Scott's and Robert's group, the Bullet Club Old, are finally facing off for the last time ever. That's right. Survivor Series War Games is happening this weekend, and as I've said many times before, and you all probably know this, but for the people that don't, whoever walks out with the championship, whatever team walks out with the championship is the remaining team, and the other team must disband. Scott has answered the challenge, people. It is on. So I'm urging right now my NWO brothers and sister to come forth, bring in their predictions for Survivor Series, which I will have up at the end of the week. And let's show them how bad the NWO truly are. We're bad, bad people. I'll tell you that much. And the Bullet Club old, they ain't got nothing. They ain't got diddly squat. We'll talk about the Bullet Club old at the end of this episode because I've got a bit to say about them, but AEW Full Gear, it happened, it's done, a lot of rumors going into the event, and uh, they were all kind of silenced after the event, all all the rumors was, uh, well there were two actually, who's the big signing that Tony Khan has signed to AEW, and who is the devil, who is the devil, one of which was answered, Will Ospreay, we'll get to that later. The other, who is the devil? Not answered. We'll talk about that later, but let's get to my full gear review. And the event opens with something that we haven't seen AEW do very much. We we rarely get an intro from AEW. Um, WWE does it all the time, but AEW seems to always just go... It always just feels like a normal dynamite, a normal weekday um, event. Their pay-per-views were never really special. They just jumped straight into the first match. This one had an intro. This one had some pyro. This one had some excitement going into it. So straight off the bat, I was in. I was ready for this five-hour, whatever it was, pay-per-view. 
it felt like I felt like I was a kid watching old school WCW again. You know, when you get the big pay per view with the with the, uh, the 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 story that's going to be paid off. You know, I was excited. So, and, and speaking about WCW, um, first match is Team Sting. It's probably more Team Edge versus Team Christian. Christian, but I'm going to say Team Sting. Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland, Edge, versus Christian, uh, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne in a six-man tag match. Um, so Christian comes out first. Christian's team comes out first to some kids scarily humming his theme, which was cool, uh, but I had no idea what the kids were humming because Christian's theme isn't really that memorable. So didn't know what they were doing at first. But then Team Sting come out, uh, all decked with face paint and Edge's face paint looked fucking great. This is the thing about Team Sting, like Darby Allen and Sting. They've teamed up with a lot of different people over the years. I mean, CM Punk uh, was one. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because every time they team up with someone, they usually, the, the other person, the third person comes out with his own style of face paint. And um, I remember when, when CM Punk did it, he looked more like the ultimate warrior than anything. In this case, Edge looked more like a member of the House of Black, um, which to me is cool because I mean, I like black metal. So, <laughs> but no, this match started. And, and the first thing I've got to say right now is Darby Allen is fucking great. He is so much fun to watch, man. He is so talented in the ring. And I've got to get props to Nick Wayne too, because he did a really good job in this match. I thought he was, he looked comfortable. You know, he didn't look like a green beginner. So I, I, I do, I did appreciate their back and forth, but then we've got Christian being probably the best heel on the whole program right now. He is, he's just doing wonders with his character right now. Going under the ring was so good. Um, going after Flair, doing all that stuff. Christian's just fucking killing it. Um, there was a lot of stuff that I really did like in this match. Overall, man, I, I really, really enjoyed this match. Really did. One thing I didn't like is Luchasaurus gets he gets given the Scorpion Death Drop by Sting with the assistance of of Edge as well. I know his name's Adam Copeland. I'm just gonna call him Edge. I don't care. I don't care. Um, so Sting gives Luchasaurus his signature move with added pressure and added power from Edge. Yet Luchasaurus gets back up in a minute. I really, really have a problem with AEW doing things like that. It was on the last Dynamite where they had that um, fucking dragon street fight thing with Jericho's team versus um, Don Callis' team where Ibushi was tombstone pile-drived into a bunch of chairs. Now, let me rephrase that. He was given a tombstone pile-driver, the Undertaker's special move into a pile of chairs and was back up in a fucking minute. Literally, I didn't count it, so don't ask, but literally about 60 seconds later, he was up. And I'm like, you, you, do you not know what selling is? Like, okay, if we all know this isn't real, but Jesus Christ, make it believable for one time in your life. And this isn't the first time AEW has done that. It really takes me out of it. 
But overall, man, this match was great. I really have a fun time watching Sting and his num- his days are numbered. Um, I'm probably going to cry watching his retirement match. I'm, I'm not, I said that to my wife last night. I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm probably going to cry when Sting has his final match, but uh, this was great. So 4.5 out of whatever, five stars. Great match, great match. Uh, next up, we've got um, Tony Schiavone coming out and announcing that the main event is cancelled because of what happened on the pre-show. And if you didn't know what happened on the pre-show, then uh, basically the guns jumped MJF, put the uh, the chair around his leg and uh, forced him to go to the emergency room, the hospital. And... Um, then we had Adam Cole come out and say, the match isn't over, I will step in for him. I really liked this whole title st- story going in. It made lackluster, not a lackluster, I, the main event for this whole pay-per-view, Full Gear, I wasn't invested in until the actual night when they did this whole angle of MJF not being medically cleared. I just, Jay White is a talented guy, I just don't like Bullet Club old. I mean, <laughs> Bullet Club gold. I don't like Bullet Club old either. But um, I don't like anything Bullet Club. I'm just, I'm not invested into the Bullet Club gold, man. Juice Robinson's annoying as fuck. Uh, the, guns are, the guns are cool. I like the guns. But um, JY, I'm just not invested in these guys. So this whole main event, I wasn't interested, to be perfectly honest. But uh, yeah. Next match, talking about not being interested. Next match we've get we've got is Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley in a I don't give a fuck match. I really did not care about this match. I'm sorry guys. Look, Orange Cassidy, I like I I'm I'm warm on his gimmick. I don't like it, but I'm okay with it. Moxley I'm kind of over Moxley to be 100% serious. Like he, he struts to the ring like, such a badass. And the thing is, like, back in WWE, when he was Dean Ambrose, he was the complete opposite. He was this goofy guy that'd be like, well, I left my world championship in the taxi because I was eating a taco. <laughs> he was too goofy, and I hated that. Now, in AEW, he's completely changed his character and he's gone to this complete badass, but it's too much. He's doing it too much. He's... He walks to the ring with this strut like, yeah, I'm a bad motherfucker. And it's, it's it comes off a bit cringe. And I'm kind of over Moxley. I'm kind of over the whole BCC. Like, what are they? Like, Moxley was a... He's a, he's a multi-time world champion. And he's fighting for, what, the equivalent of the European Championship? I, I don't understand it. Why are you fighting for a lesser title when you should be in... Uh, you should be up there, not fighting Orange Cassidy. And nothing to Orange Cassidy, nothing against him. He's a talented guy, but he's not main event. He, he's mid-carder at best. So I I don't know. I was not caring about this match. I do not give a shit about really either of these two, but let's talk about the match as a whole, shall we? So Orange Cassidy comes out, and I love it. He gets one tiny little pyro. And I thought that was fucking great because it fits with his character so well. Um, 
We have blood, which was comes as no surprise to absolutely anybody because everyone picked there would be blood in this match. That was one of the questions for the scorecard. Um, good back and forth, good back and forth, but I just wasn't invested in this match. I really wasn't. Mainly because of the story, maybe because of both these these um, superstars. I just didn't care. But then Orange Cassidy wins with. with Heaps of Superman punches. Basically, what you're telling me right now is John Moxley is the equivalent of Brock Lesnar. You're telling me that a guy who's held the world title multiple times and is one of the most badass guys in the roster gets beaten by an orange. I... I just... Where does Moxley go from here? Like, if the BCC are this big, huge, um, important group... And they get beaten by mid-carders. I just, I don't buy them believable anymore. I feel that Claudio Castagnoli should be involved more in the mainstream of AEW. We're not shown in, in ROH. I'm kind of sick of Wheeler Yuta. Kind of following in the footsteps of Dean, uh, sorry, John Moxley being this badass guy, but overdoing it so much. Daniel Bryan, I mean, Bryan Danielson, is the only guy involved in the BCC that is... I mean, he's not really involved in the BCC anymore. It's it's the faction as a whole is weird. I'm not for it. I think they just should leave, have a break, come back in a few months to uh, a big pop. I don't know. Just don't care about this match, man. I don't care about Moxley anymore. He's boring. All right, women's title: Tony Storm. Sorry, timeless Tony Storm versus Hikaru Shida. I don't get Tony Storm's gimmick. Actually, let me rephrase that. It's not the gimmick I don't understand. I understand the gimmick. I don't understand what happened with the um, the outcasts. Why isn't she with Paige and um, Ruby Soho anymore? Like, was did I miss something? I don't watch Rampage or Collision. I read up what happened. I just don't have time for all that wrestling. I read up on what happened, but I don't watch them. But did I miss something? Did I miss... I know in the last event where it was like the Fatal 4-Way that Tony Storm and, and um, Soraya had problems. But after that, did they ever... Uh, was there ever a split from that group? Or did she just go, oh, I'm just going to do a different gimmick now. See you guys later. I, I don't get it. I There's no constant storytelling in the women's division. And now we've got this match. And this match was fine. This match was okay. I didn't overly care about this match because AEW hasn't made me care about it because the women's division in AEW is absolute shit. But the match ends with with Tony Storm putting down a I don't know a makeup tray down her ass. The thing is, it falls out of her panties, uh, into her panties. Sorry, and um, just sitting there for the world to see. But Aubrey Edwards. The ref couldn't see the fucking tray in her pants. Like, Jesus Christ. It, it, it's times like that where you're meant to put in disbelief and just go, oh, it's 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 planned like that. Just get over it. But at the same time, it kind of would have been better if Aubrey said, hey, I can see that. Take it off. And then just do the match. Like, obviously, she's going to win. Have a win another way. Because it comes off unbelievable for us fans. Uh, this was a good match on paper. This was a good match. 
Not th- not great, but good. I just didn't care overall. I really didn't care. I give it a 2.5 stars, whatever. Next up, we've got an interview with Eddie Kingston about the Continental Challenge, which is apparently a tournament amongst AEW's many, many tournaments that they've done over the past years. Uh, apparently, this tournament is going to be the most significant one that the world has ever seen in professional wrestling. I don't get how, considering King of the Ring was a thing, um, and there's been other tournaments that have been much better. But Eddie Kingston said something that made my ears perk up a bit. He said he's going to put his two championships on the line every time he wrestles. Right? On the line every time he wrestles. He's got his his, his uh, some New Japan title. I can't even remember what it's called. And then he's got the Ring of Honor World Championship. Remember that. He's got two championships. Not AEW championships. He's got other championships. Right? And he's going to put them on the line. And then he said something that made my ears bleed. The winner of the tournament becomes a triple crown champion because the winner of the continental challenge gets the new continental championship. So, Oh my fucking God. Are you telling me that AEW is bringing in another championship? Let's, let's, let's just discuss AEW. So we'll start from the top. We've got the AEW world title. It's needed. We've got the AEW Women's title. That's needed. We've got the W. Uh, sorry, the AEW Tag Team titles. Needed. We've got the TNT Championship. I say that's needed. All right, there are four titles. Four titles right there that are needed. Then we've got the Trios titles. They're fine. I like them. They're not really represented. Uh, who's even the champion right now? The claimed. Okay, there we go. Then we've got the TBS Champion, which, which I'm fine with. Whatever. Yeah, okay. Women, I guess, maybe, whatever. Then we've got the, um, what's it fucking called? Intercontinental. <laughs> the one that Orange Cassidy's got. He, I can't even remember what it's fucking called. Um, his title. Jeez, oh, that's, that's eight titles. That's eight championships in AEW. Then you've got Ring of Honor. Then you've got the Ring of Honor World Championship, the Ring of Honor Television Championship, the Ring of Honor Trios Tag Titles, the Ring of Honor Tag Titles, the Ring of Honor um, Women's Championships. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but that's five. That's five right there. I feel like I'm forgetting. So eight plus five is 13. Then we've got New Japan's fucking belts that come into the equation. I, I don't remember. It, what I'm trying to say right now is there's way too many fucking championships on AEW program. I can't keep up with who's a champion where. It's too much. It's too annoying. Stop playing fun with other companies. If you're gonna if you're gonna have fun with other companies, fine. Let it be a one-off appearance. No championships because it's really fucking annoying when you see someone come in and they're holding a championship. And you're like, what the fuck is this championship? There's way too many. And now you're going to bring in another one called the Continental Championship. That's nine. That's nine championships that AEW will have. Nine. That is absolutely ridiculous. That's fucking bullshit. Holy shit. 
Anyway, we'll see what they go. Hopefully, I, I fucking hope they don't. I really don't. Oh, man. And then you got the fucking uh, um, Owen Hart belts too, which are rep, like done every every year, I think. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you, the men and, men and women got a fucking Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Where the fuck has Britt Baker been too? Um, anyway, there's too many championships is what I'm trying to say. Speaking about championships, we've got the ladder tag team match. Oh, boy. There is way too much to discuss from this match. Holy fucking shit, this was great. I loved it. Some amazing, absolutely amazing spots. Crazy moments, and I loved every second of this match. For a match that I did not really care too much about, um, this is a five stars for me. Holy shit, this was great. So much happening. I was just, I was so invested in this. I really had a good time. But, um... Ricky Starks and Big Bill retaining the championships. I did not see that coming. I actually had LFI becoming new champions. I'm I'm really interested in Roosh. I think he's a great, great talent and uh, would like to see him do many things in the upcoming future. Uh, TBS Championship. We've got Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart versus Sky Blue for the TBS Championship. And I just, <laughs> as they were coming out to the ring, my wife does the usual thing. I was like, oh, do you like these girls? And I'm just like, yeah, I do. They're hot. Uh, my wife's cool. She she understands that um, other girls can be hot too. But um, she goes, oh, who's your favorite out of the three? And without hesitation, I just said Sky Blue. Sky Blue is the hottest. And she goes, why? And I said, there's a, there's a good reason as to why Scott, Sky Blue is the hottest girl. And that reason is because she wears a backwards hat. Girls that wear backwards hats are fucking gorgeous to me. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I wear a, go- a backwards hat. I don't know. I just find it attractive. And Sky Blue wears a backwards hat. And I think that's fucking... Oh, gets gets the blood pumping, you know? But um, as I was just finishing telling my wife that Sky Blue is hot for wearing a backwards hat, she comes out. And throws the hat on the ground and steps on it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Bitch, we're having a break. We are we are ending our relationship right now. You pick up that hat, you dust that some bitch off, and you put it back on your head. Oh, I was not I was not happy. I was not happy. Um walking in to this match, I was not interested in it. I, I, I didn't care, really. But man, this match was fucking great. This match was really good. Great storytelling with Hart and Sky Blue. And then Statlander being the lone woman. Um, but then the the conclusion. That shock win by Julia Hart. Did not see that happening. Did not. Out of any... Like, out of all three of them. If they were going to drop the... If she, Statlander was going to drop the belt. I thought it was going to be Sky Blue winning it. Not Julia Hart. But Wow. Congratulations, Julia Hart. She is now the youngest champion in AEW history at 22 years of age. Well done. Well done. That was a great match. Really good match. So heavy with storytelling. I love that. I love that. So (laughs) then we've got the announcement on who's the next guy to sign or girl. Sorry. Guy or girl. They. Them. Who's the next person to sign with AEW? And the the reports originally I I wrote it I wrote it 
That's how fucking special I am. I wrote it. Originally, I wrote Dolph Ziggler. But then I saw something on Facebook saying it can't be Dolph Ziggler because his 90-day contract clause hasn't ended. And I'm like, oh, shit, better change that. And I thought, who else? And then a report come up going, Will Ospreay. And I thought, ah, fuck it, Will Ospreay. I hope it's not. I really hope it's not Will Ospreay. But I picked him because AEW tends to do that. Um, They'll make a big deal over something that's not really that big of a deal. So Will Will Ospreay is the big signing. (laughs) So my wife goes, my wife was watching this with me and she goes, "Um, who's this guy? And no word of a lie, I said to my wife, I'm like, oi, bruv, oi, bruv, that's Will Ospreay, bruv, oi, bruv, oi, bruv, Will Ospreay. He's from, he's from England, bruv. And I, and I said, bruv, multiple times, and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, that, that's how he speaks. He says bruv a lot. And then he grabs the microphone and holy shit, my wife looks at me and goes, well, you weren't lying, were you? <laughs> Dude, what the fuck, man? What the fuck was up with Will Ospreay's intro? Telling everyone to calm, like, oh my god, I do not like this guy. I get it. I get it. Will Ospreay's talented. He's a fucking great in-ring competitor. But don't talk. <laughs> Stop calling me bruv. I ain't your bruv. Stop it. It's weird. Um, This wasn't surprising. You know, when you're going to hype up an announcement like this, let it be someone that hasn't been seen on AEW television, like at all. Will Ospreay, there's many people that were in the crowd, I'm sure, and watching around the around at home saying, isn't he already a part of AEW? Because we've seen him so many times. We've seen him so much. And and I get it's a big deal because WWE wanted him. But uh, I, did, I just when he came out, I'm like, oh, that's not it. I, I would have popped harder for Ronda Rousey, and I can't stand Ronda Rousey. So, yep, <laughs> whatever. Uh, all right, so next match, we've got the Texas Death Match, which makes sense because they were in uh, California. But they're calling it the Texas Death Match. Um, Jesus, fuck me. This match here. Let me let me just have a puff of my smoke. I needed, I needed a breath, right? I just needed that two seconds because this match... Whoo! So... Sir Swerve Strickland comes out to like girls dancing. It's fine. And Prince Nana doing his funny, interesting jig that he does. And this match starts off great straight away because of what Adam Page does next. Adam Page doesn't wait for his music to go. He just runs straight out and starts attacking Swerve Strickland. This is what you do, WWE. Pay attention. World Wrestling Entertainment, this is something that you do. When, okay, let me talk slow for you so you understand WWE. When you have two wrestlers, I say wrestlers underlined, WWE. When you have two wrestlers that absolutely hate each other, when this rivalry is now personal like it has been with Adam Page and Swerve Strickland, you don't have both competitors come out and dance to the crowd. No. Especially the one that's been wronged. The, the the reason I'm pointing out this to WWE is because this has happened a few times, but the one time that it annoyed the shit out of me is back, was it early this year or maybe last year? 
Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins had a rivalry where they got really personal with each other. Really personal. And both of them said things to each other that made their blood boil. And it came off great. Story-wise, it was really, really cool. You can see both characters, both wrestlers fucking hated each other. But And then they were scheduled to have a fight pit match. Remember? They were going to have that fight pit match, which is like a cage match with like a balcony. I don't know. Um... They were scheduled to have that match. And everyone was like, oh, this is going to be great. There's so much bad blood right now. Yet both competitors came out to the ring dancing and smiling and happy and cheerful. And I'm like, okay, so these two people who are fucking enraged with each other are smiling and all happy. No. No. This is how you do it. Thank you, Adam Page, for showing everyone, hey, I fucking hate this guy. I'm going to not waste any moment and rip his fucking head off not oh, i'll get to him in a second i got a smile to the crowd oh man that that pisses me the fuck off sorry just something that really annoys me so chair the chair was the first weapon well done to scott fucking crawford for choosing that it's funny because the question was what weapon was used first and, and the whole scorecard was between myself, Paul Lindsay, Scott Crawford, Elsie Barnett, and Donna Nelly. Every single person had a different weapon. I had a kendo stick because I'm a dumbass and I couldn't think of anything else. Uh, Paul Lindsay had a rope. I'm like, that works. That works. It's a Texas match. Scott had a chair. Elsie had a chain. And Don had a fork. And I'm like, damn, everyone else picked something interesting. I went with a fucking kendo stick. And I was like, oh, I'm sure you're going to lose this. But um, no, they went with a chair. <laughs> I'm like, D- Paul said a rope. Why couldn't you use a rope? Don said a fork. It was a- Elsie said a chain. But you use a, a chair. Okay, whatever. Cool. Um, Adam Page, he's a sick fuck, man. And I love it. Bending down to drink Swerve's blood. Holy shit. This match went to some lengths. Absolute lengths. And, I, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything that happened because you probably watched it. But holy shit. This match was fucking on. Holy goddamn Christmas shit, man. This match had everything. This match was great. I did not... I did not expect the win here from Swerve Strickland. I did not see that coming. I thought this is a shoe in for Adam Page. In fact, everyone else picked Adam Page to win. We all got that one wrong. We all got it wrong. But uh, well done to both competitors because this match was fucking great. Really, really good match. Uh, Five stars for me. Second five stars um, of the night, which is, yeah, rare, man. So far, this pay-per-view is fucking pretty good. Well, then we get to the Golden Jets versus the Young Bucks. Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega, and um, Jericho versus the Young Bucks. So Jericho, Chris Jericho is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Love him so much, but I really did not care about this match. Did not care. And I wrote that before this match even started. Then I wrote my notes after the match. And this is what I said. Overall, it was a decent match, but I'm kind of over the box. They're the same in every match. Um, yeah. When I say the same in every match, they kind of do the same shit over and over and over again. The one thing that they did do differently in this match is what cost me a point is um, 
One of the questions was how many super kicks are given? Everyone else, let me read everyone else's number. Everyone else chose either six or eight. Six or eight super kicks. And I was like, when I got these reports back, when I got these predictions back from everyone else, I was like, what are you guys talking about? I chose 23. I said there'll be 23 super kicks in this match. Because every time I watch a Young Bucks match, it feels like there's about fucking 43 of them. So I'm like, oh, I'll halve it. 23, whatever. No. This is the first fucking match where the Young Bucks decide, oh, we're not going to do that many super kicks in this match. Because I know it, I know it really annoys uh, Tim Hollywood Tim Davis. So let's less the uh, super kicks and, and only do six. We'll only do six super kicks, okay? Six. Fucking hell. Anyway, um, yeah, this match was fine, whatever. I, I just... I give it a three and a half stars, which sounds good on paper, but like... I don't know. I don't know if I care about the Young Bucks anymore. I really don't. <laughs> they're just... They're douchebags. They really are. They really, really are douchebags. Um, and what was with their temper tantrum afterwards? I'm guessing that's going to lead to something, but... Cool. Um, so Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho now are number one contenders for the tag titles. Right. So what's their deal with the Don Callis shit? Is that over now? I'm guessing it's not because Don Callis was sitting there watching them. Uh, I'm guessing that's, going, that's how they're going to fail to capture the tag championships. I don't care. Let's get into the, now, the, la- <laughs> the fucking final match. You can tell I'm tired, aren't you? The World Championship. As we know it, it is uh, Jay White versus Adam Cole. Um, We all knew that wasn't the case. That's not how it's going to go down. MJF comes out in the ambulance. This is another MJF match, which means it's fucking great. Because it's an MJF match, and the dude knows how to do everything to perfection. He knows how to wrestle to perfection. He knows how to speak to perfection. He knows how to sell and work a crowd. But there was a spot in this match that made me go, holy shit, MJF, you really are worth so much more money. So MJF grabs Jay White, puts him on the announcer's table, and the announcer's table breaks before he could do anything. Straight away, just breaks. So what does MJF do? He does the plan like it's meant to, which sounds lazy, but... The plan was to do an elbow drop from the top of the fucking turnbuckle down onto the ground mat. Holy goddamn shit, that would have fucking hurt, and he did it perfectly. MJF is a fucking treasure. My god, he is so talented. The match ends, and it's a good match. It's a great match. I'll give it a four stars. Really good match, but I was expecting more. I was expecting something, and this is... Uh, this is what got me confused. Because... So, you've been hinting at this devil story for a long time. I'm guessing they're going to keep it un- until a further date. Obviously, they are. Um, is the devil the one that's going to dethrone MJF of his championship? I feel it has to be. Because now MJF has held that title for over a year. That is a long... I did not... I did not think it was already a year. Holy shit. 
yeah, he's held that title for over a year, for over a year now. It's 360, 366 days as of this recording, which is crazy. So there's a lot of speculation as to who the devil is. I went out on a limb and wrote CM Punk. I don't think it's going to be CM. I don't think it is CM Punk. I don't. I just, I heard a lot of rumors going, if it's CM Punk, that is the greatest work ever in uh, in wrestling. Because we all think that CM Punk is, uh, is terminated from AEW. What are the other options? Scott Crawford said Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Why? I, 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 I've also heard a lot of people say the same thing too, but I don't like it. I've heard people say that it's Tony Khan. Interesting, but why? What's the reason behind it? The most realistic reveal is probably Adam Cole. But I don't, I feel that that's the low hanging fruit. I don't want that. Then there's the other side of the coin, which is the devil is MJF. (sighs) Why? It depends with what story they go through. But I feel that this is a turn in the, in the story of Adam Cole and MJF, where they finally split. And it's going to be heartbreaking because I'm loving these two together. Um, but yeah, either way, we did not get a reveal of the devil. Um, I hope they don't draw it out too long. That's what I'm hoping for. Either way, man... Full Gear was a pretty successful show. I had a really good time watching this. It was the first, actually the first pay-per-view I've seen in a long time, AEW-wise. Because the last few, I, I at World's End, I didn't check out. And the New Japan show, I didn't watch. So this was the first AEW pay-per-view that I've watched uh, in a long time. So I had a really, really good time watching this. But uh, with a wrestling pay-per-view becomes wrestling predictions and I have I have the results right here so the scorecard was out of 32 points remember that and it's between myself Paul Lindsay Elsie and Don and we're all fighting for Scott's championship that's right Scott Crawford leader of the Bullet Club who took it off me (sighs) leader of the Bullet Club he is the champion of this whole thing. But with a uh, shocking conclusion, Scott motherfucking Crawford comes in last with a score of 18 out of 32. Oh, oh, a little blow to the Bullet Club. But does he retain or do we have a new world champion? Let's get into it. Coming in next, we have a three-way tie. We have a three-way tie between Don and Ellie with 19 out of 32, Paul Lindsay, 19 out of 32, and myself, 19 out of 32. We're all coming in second here. Coming in first, and your new champion here, Elsie Barnett, with a score of 22 out of 32. Holy shit. How? Oh, Shit, Elsie's part of the Bullet Club old. All bad blood is brewing here. Scott Crawford, how do you feel? How do you feel that one of your apprentices, one of your members, is now the leader of the Bullet Club old? Oh, does it hurt? You know what? If it happened in the NWO, 
There'd be no animosity there. You could become champion. That's fine. As long as you're with the NWO, the NWO is family and we hold the championship. But the Bullet Club old, you're a different beast, aren't you? You're a different animal over there. Yeah. When one of you get the championship, the rest of you, you're all jealous. That's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. Anyway, Bullet Club old, they are the reigning faction at the moment. But we have the pay-per-view right now coming up this weekend where it ends. This rivalry between the NWO and the Bullet Club old will finally be put <laughs> it'll be put to a test. I'm laughing because I just realized that Donanelli is not part of any faction and you watch him fucking win this week and uh, I don't know what to do then, but <laughs> but that's what's happening, man. That is what's happening. The NWO versus the Bullet Club old. I urge you all to put in your predictions. I will post the predictions. Probably Wednesday after Raw. Um, I'll do it as quick as I can. Get in your predictions to me. And this is the final battle between the two factions. Who is the best? Who is the best faction? Elsie Barnett, congratulations on becoming the new Dummies of Wrestling champion. Until next time, guys. We'll see you for Survivor Series where the NWO beats the Bullet Club old. Dip!